The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and it's time to recap week eight of the NFL season. Sunday's action was wild, and uh, to do it, got me, Ryan Wilson, and John Breach. November is here. Halloween is gone. The trade deadline looms, fellas. Big day Tuesday. Huge day. The trade deadline. I will preview one of the trades that's already taking place later when we get to that team, but let's just say I'm super excited about it. We are trading Ryan uh, Wilson to a cat podcast <laughs> for a small kitten. So it'll be me, Brenton, a kitten hosting uh, starting Wednesday. I'm pleased to announce for those that are watching on YouTube, I have doubled down on my Nike golf hats that some YouTube commenter didn't like. In fact, I ordered multiple more over the weekend. Multiple got more. Drunk, got drunk and ordered some rope hats. By the way, I didn't hear uh, Nike golf hats. I heard Nike goth hats, G-O-T-H, which I would I would actually pay for you to wear Nike goth hats. These they're actually really comfortable. They're like soft and uh, well, that, that's one thing. To for them. Love it. Brinson, the fact that you listen to YouTube commenters pretty much explains every question I've ever had about you. So oh, sure, that's, sure it does. I'm glad to know this. Explains a lot of your. Speaking life. of people who leave comments and notes on things, we are going to do a mid-season mailbag at what? some point. And we need five-star reviews. So if you like the podcast and you have a question for us and you'd like us to answer it, it be any question. It can be about uh, what we've seen so far in the season, like best call, worst call, uh, before the season, contenders, blah, blah, blah. It can be about uh, Ryan Wilson's uh, hygiene habits, breaches, like breaches preferred uh, method of swaddling, whatever it is. We will we'll do whatever. You, but you leave a, a five-star review and we will answer it. And also, we'll look back at some of the previous star reviews of the last few weeks that we that we haven't gotten to because I know the mailbag. Right? Is there is there one in particular you're thinking about? There are a couple directed towards me and Breach about how we deal with you on a daily basis, and we don't dunk <laughs> on you every time you you make a point. That's it is hilarious. It's like somebody leaves a five star review. It's like I hate this. I hate. No, they they like us, but they like they 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 know and you know as well that you get away with a lot of stuff just because you're you. I'm, I'm infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that's working or living, but or you're no? self-aware. So that's, that's why right. it that's makes right. it even more infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can see that. He's doing this on purpose. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, a, that's my wife. I was like, are you really doing this to me on purpose? Yes, yes I maybe. Am. So we will start with Ravens and Steelers. We typically start with the Sunday night football game. We're not going to do that to you. That wouldn't be fair. We're going to start instead with the most important and impactful game of the week. The Steelers defeat the Ravens 28 to 24. The Steelers plus four covers, obviously the over 44 and a half hit. Ben Roethlisberger, your top fantasy performer, 19 points. Lamar Jackson had 18 points. Maybe more important than the outcome itself of this game, though. And the Steelers moved to 7-0. Big win for them. Uh, Pete Prisco and I have been arguing about it for several hours now. Uh, but more important than this game is Ronnie Stanley is done for the year. 
Two days after signing a mammoth $98 million contract, the uh, Ravens' starting left tackle, who's been an outstanding player for them, won't play again this season. Um, he suffered an ankle injury. He was carted off. He, you could tell it was very, very serious as soon as it happened. He's carted off, and uh, that's a big blow because it was 7-7 at the time, and the Ravens got to 17-7 at half. And quite frankly, Ryan, I, I, I don't want to – I don't want to, I'm not trying to uh, downgrade the Steelers victory because they won and they're undefeated and they have control of the division now, but it felt like Baltimore really uh, missed a lot of opportunities to sort of put that game away. Like, I don't know why they didn't come out and just pound the ball in the run game in the second half. Uh, I don't know why they, they, they put too much on Lamar. I felt like in the passing game and they were having their way running the ball against a good Steelers defense and they just sort of didn't lean into it. You're not taking anything away from the Steelers because Mike Tomlin said exactly the same thing after the game. And, and he made the point, like, yeah, we won the game, that's great, but we have to understand that we played a pretty crappy game. And uh, as you noted, J.K. Dobbins had 113 rushing yards. Gus Edwards had 87 and Lamar had 65. And, and that's a problem. Now, at the other end of the, the conversation is Lamar Jackson ain't the same quarterback he was last year. I don't know why, and, and Tony Romo was talking to Eric Casillas after the game about it, and he's, he, he's, he's trying to say that, Maybe Lamar is trying to be such a well-rounded player that he's not yet well-rounded enough to do all the things that he's struggling with this year, and, and typically that's throwing the ball down the field. Now, he doesn't have a lot of people to throw the ball to. When, when Willie Sneed is your leading receiver, that that points to, to not having enough weapons. Mark Andrews was only targeted three uh, six times, only had three catches, because I'm sure the Steelers had plans to sh- slow him down. But it was 17-7 and a half, as you noted, and, and at no point during halftime did I think the Steelers were going to be capable of scoring any points offensively, because that that seven points came from Robert Spillane, uh, the guy who replaced Devin Bush on a pick six on the third uh, offensive play of the game for the Ravens on, on a terrible decision by Lamar Jackson. Lamar had two more fumbles, um, one at the Steelers inside the Steelers' 10-yard line, and then he had uh, another terrible interception to start the third quarter deep in the Ravens' territory, and he had another fumble that was sort of meaningless on fourth down. But he did not take care of the football. He struggled, and um, you know the very last play of the game, and, and I'll show you guys this right now, and the old slack machine. This apparently was uh, a controversial play, according to John Harbaugh. It was a pass thrown into the end of Lamar Jackson, broken up by Mickey Fitzpatrick. And for some reason, John Harbaugh thought there should be, uh, at least should have been looked into as possibly pass interference. No, no, no. I think he thought it should be looked into as targeting or hitting. That, that, that's even worse than whatever that, I mean, watch the play. Well, I, I think he felt like, I think he felt like it was a um, bang, bang play. And they're just like, all right, game's over. And they're, and they didn't, Take a look at it when I, I don't know what you wanted to look at. I think you just wanted to a little more. Well, here's what you do if you, John, you, you think that you take a look at the play and then you don't belly about it publicly because it <laughs> looks, looks like you're being a baby. And, um, but the Steelers didn't play great, but they found a way to win in, in years past. They would have lost that game by 40 points. So that's a good thing. So they're eight. No, they have a two game lead in the division. And, um, it's even more infuriating and we'll get to it later if you're the Browns because you just lost a game you should have made up on the Ravens this week. Um, so my takeaway is that the Steelers are good. The, the, the Ravens are still really good. I think Lamar's going to play better. And they have Unique Ngakwe, which should help that pass rush. Wasn't John Harbaugh also upset about the fact how the clock kind of shake shook out? That is something to be upset in? about. That is, that's fine. I think they lost eight to 10 seconds. Cam Hayward went down with an injury. And I think the clock kept running for a while until the, t- the time was called. I didn't hear the audio because uh, we were uh, in the studio, but that's something that I think you have a legit gripe about much more so than that last play. 
Well, you hit the nail on the head with Lamar. It just kind of seems like after the MVP season last year, the Ravens themselves, whether it's Greg Roman, uh, the person in charge of this offense, it's like they're saying, we're going to make Lamar throwing the ball no matter what. We don't even care how well the runs game. We need to prove he can throw the ball, and that's going to make our offense more well-rounded. When the truth is, if the Ravens had run the ball 60 times in this game, they would have won 41-7 to yes. because Lamar Jackson wouldn't have thrown the pick six that you mentioned. The, his, the very first play from scrimmage in the second half for the Ravens was an interception, and that set up a Steelers touchdown where they only had to drive 21 yards for a score. So you're talking about two touchdowns the Steelers got because of Lamar Jackson interceptions. He completed less than 50% of his passes, and we've been talking about this all week, how he looks nowhere near the MVP quarterback he looked like last season. It's, he just, he's taken a step back throwing the ball. Obviously, he's still super athletic. He still, uh, gets the, the rush yards, but if they need him to throw the ball, he has not proven that you know, he can be trusted in that situation this year. I just don't know why they felt the need to do it in this spot. Like, I mean, again, they were, they, they, they dominated the Steelers. Like they should have, they should have won that game by 15, 20 points. Time of possession was insane. I don't, uh, let me call it real quick, but it wasn't even close. And the number of plays were so lopsided. 35, 22, 35 minutes for the, uh, the Ravens, 24 minutes for the Steelers. And the number of plays, the Steelers, I mean, the, 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 uh, Ravens ran something like 70 plays. So Ravens doubled the Steelers yardage total. The, the Steelers in the first half, it may have been one of Ben Roethlisberger's worst halves. And he's been in the league since 1943. So <laughs> he, he looked, I don't want to say washed up. And I'll, I will say this too. I mean, this is sort of, so in the final drive, uh, Ben went seven of eight for 45 yards. And this is where the argument between me and Prisco has been going off. Pete was like, what a drive by Ben there. I was like, five. Well, it was okay. He's like, oh, what are you talking about? Lighting the game, moron. I was like, well, I mean, like they, they got 30 yards of penalties, Pete. And he was like, well, yeah. I was like, dude, like he didn't, I mean, he just threw, he had 19 air yards on the final drive on the eight attempts. Like he was just, he was throwing screens and throwing crossers and the dudes were open. He was finding the open guys, but it was all yak. I mean, the only pass that was even that he threw more than five yards down the field was to chase Claypool. And yeah, but here's the thing. And I, I know this after because I've, I've watched this team so intensely a year ago, Mason Rudolph was throwing balls down the field and Doug Hodges is throwing balls down the field. And it, it's, it's a nightmare. It's like watching Ben Danucci and that, that's not even a, a joke. It's, it's like watching a guy who doesn't know what he's doing. And Tony Roman talked about this as well. He, he said, you can run whatever defense you want. Ben's just going to go through his progressions and go to the guy who's open. So that means those checkdowns. And I will take those four yard dump offs if it means keeping Mason Rudolph on the bench where there's a chance 75% of the time that the ball's going to be intercepted. That's fine. I'm just saying that Ben isn't, and look, Drew Brees doesn't take shots down the field either anymore. I mean, it's just sort of what happens with older quarterbacks. Um, not named Philip Rivers, who we'll talk about a little bit in Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I do think that we can all agree that Ben's, game and look I mean again he's coming off a major elbow surgery it stands to reason that he's not going to be chunking the ball down the field 30 times a game I would guess this is partially planned out by the by the Steelers Ben Roethlisberger said after the game and I I want to talk to some people and see how true this is that he was basically and Ben's known to be one for hyperbole you know he got his elbow checked out after one fumble that he recovered and you know everyone's like okay here we go he's gonna milk this for all it has but he said he was drawing up plays essentially in the dirt about telling where the wide receivers have run routes in the second half. I find that hard to believe. But, again, he he's one prone to tall tales. Um, but, you know, you make a good point, Brinson, because Roma once again mentioned this. 
uh, when he talked to Casillas on, on HQ that this we should just had Romo on the podcast. I know, right? He looked really happy to be talking to us, uh, <laughs> after a, an eight hour game that Roethlisberger does need to push the ball down the field more because teams are just going to play those short routes. And, and that's what the Ravens are doing. And once you sort of open things up deep with, you know, you have deep throws, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, then things do become a tad easier. But I, I just guess the opportunities didn't present themselves. And when they did that, the balls were either well, incomplete or, or penalties. The Ravens did not do a very good job. I mean, I, there was one third down where I was like, oh, my God, if you if you don't guard the crossing right here, I'm going to lose my mind. Because I, I picked the Ravens to win. Um, I had the Ravens as the best bet. And, yeah, it was a mistake. And I more importantly, I have $100 on the line against Prisco for the Ravens and the Steelers in the division. Oh, that's what this is about. Yeah, $100 on the line with the Lions and the Packers. So that would be $200 down to Pete, which is – uh, not ideal, but a lot, a lot of season left. But also uh, when you pick a team like this, nothing's more upsetting. Like you picking the Ravens, seeing them dominate the game and they should have absolutely won. Upset. And then you, you lose like your thought process of how the game played out is correct. They just didn't win. Like that's frustrating. Well, and the, the, the really frustrating part is that I said all week long that I didn't think that the Devin Bush injury had, had manifested itself. Uh, as a problem against the Titans, but that the, the Ravens could cause issues for the Steelers by using Lamar and J.K. Dobbins in the read option uh, type stuff and get and stretch them horizontally and that it would create big running lanes for the Ravens. Like if the game played out exactly as I thought it would, and then the Ravens couldn't close. By the way, that's a nice segue to my little teaser earlier. Avery Williamson appears to be coming over from the New York Jets to help fill the spot left by Devin Bush. Uh, and the compensation, according to reports, if I can remember off the top of my head, is a 22-2022 fifth-round pick. The Steelers get Avery Williamson and a 2022 Jets seventh-round pick for a half-a-year rental. I think he's in the final year of his deal. And uh, I'm okay with that. Robert Spillane is outplaying anyone's expectations. Fifth-round pick for Avery Williamson? And a seventh-rounder. You get the gase, the gase bump. He's going to be an all-pro in three weeks. <laughs> My winner tonight is Avery Williamson. He gets to leave the Jets and go to the Steelers. Can you imagine going he, – so he over. went to bed tonight before the game was on. He, you know, maybe he turned his phone off. He went to bed 0-8, and, and he woke up 8-0. He, he went to bed? That dude is having a party at his house till 3 a.m. tonight. He just went – Way fewer went, than 10 people. He gave four <laughs> wins. Oh, he can't play next week. That's right, Breach. He's going to sit out. Yeah. That is correct. Uh, but yeah, that, uh, that is the early trade, the Jets. And look, I mean, it's one of those things. Again, I think that Pittsburgh does recognize the problem that, that look, Devin Bush was that, that defense was bad at the, the day after Ryan Chazier's awful injury a few years ago. And it wasn't good until Devin Bush sort of emerged last year. And that, that to me is a storyline to watch. I think this yeah. game is a little bit telling, but look, Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's seven and oh. They're going Wait a second. I can't let you get away with that. I mean, they weren't bad when Devin Bush – they weren't, didn't get good until Devin Bush started figuring things out. They had Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, they, they were a good defense last year. No, no, I know. I'm saying in the middle of last year, they came on strong as a good defense. Yeah, I would argue they were good before that. But Devin Bush is an important part of it. I don't disagree with that. Okay. I mean, go look at the they same – They were good like after they traded for Minka. Okay. That was yeah. like week two. Was it? It was early because he came in the San Francisco game and had like four turnovers all by himself. Yeah. All right. Well, the, uh, that's sort of what I meant. Is that Devin like, is important, no doubt. And there's a reason they're trading for A.V. Williamson, even though Robert Spillane had a pick six today. So yeah, yeah I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so look, I don't want to, I'm sure we'll get tweets and complaints. Uh, look, I was dead wrong with the Steelers. Okay. The Steelers are good. 
Yeah, I'm as long sorry. as I can hear that every week. And the good news, oh, what are they? Seven or eight now? What are they? Seven or eight. They're, oh, okay. So they can still have a losing record. So they need to, they need to win next week to, to solidify that 500. Uh, that's probably not happening. 500? The losing record part. Okay. Well, I mean, just in case you want to hold on hope to your, to your prediction. No. Okay. If they finish last in the division, it's probably not happening. I mean, if they lose to the Cowboys next week and then the Bengals the week after that and then Jacksonville the week after that, it's possible. Possible. The toughest game of that, the toughest game of that three game stretch, by the way, the Bengals. It is the Bengals. <laughs> the second, the, uh, lot of surprising wins on Sunday, including the Dolphins beating the Rams 28 to 17 in Tua Tungavailoa's debut. The Dolphins, of course, covered the plus three and a half, the under 46 and a half hit. Top fantasy performers. This is listed as Robert Woods with 20 fantasy points. I uh, know the Dolphins DST, which had a, uh, a pick six. They had a, uh, punt return for a touchdown. And a DST on DST, daylight savings time. Boom. Ooh. Should have known that was coming. Yeah, so the, Jakeem Grant had the punt, uh, the return. Uh, Van Ginkle had the strip sack or he picked up the strip, strip sack. sack. That's what it was. Yeah. And he ran it back. Uh, and they made Jared Goff's life hell. Goff looked awful in this game. And I got to tell you, you know, if we're going to look, I, I don't think. If you look at like Miami's production, they didn't do anything. They were, I mean, they had 145 yards on 48 plays. That's three yards per play. They had eight first downs. They completed, they, they converted thir- uh, three of 12 third downs. They averaged 2.2 yards per rush. And I think Tua was 12 of 22 for 93. 12 of 22 for 93 yards and a touchdown. Now, having said all that, it is diff- difficult to pile up stats when you were, you know, on you, the sidelines. <laughs> well, when you lose, exactly, when you lose possessions. But, um, and again, like, let's credit the defense because Jared Goff, uh, was sacked twice and, uh, got hit, I think, eight times total. Uh, you know, that defense was all over the place. They were playing really well, but Sean McVay, man, what are you doing? He was Daryl Henderson comes out and is just gashing Miami's defense, and then all of a sudden, Breach he just starts letting Jared Goff throw the ball all over the place. It was almost identical to what he did last week, except this actually worked when they tried to throw. Well, I mean, at the beginning they tried to spread things out like they've been doing and running all their motions, and the Dolphins just ate it up. It was like Brian Flores said, "Bro, don't you remember the Super Bowl when I was with the Patriots and we shut down your offense? Your little tricks aren't going to work on this day of trick or treating." which isn't actually today because it's Saturday, but you get the point, guys. Brian Flores, it's just Sean McVay's offense didn't work in this game. And even though Jared Goff was a big reason it didn't work, because you can't fumble twice and you can't throw two interceptions, he turned the ball over four times. And this is the thing about Jared Goff, because I feel like we have this conversation at least every other week about whether or not he's the franchise quarterback for this team, because some weeks he'll look good. Then other weeks like this, he – can't complete a pass. He's turning the ball over and he's the reason they lose. Uh, the Rams were the first team since the 2006 Eagles to outgain their opponent by 300 or more yards and lose. Brent, you mentioned that the Dolphins only had what, 145? That's it. And the Rams had 471. Think of Rat running up 471 yards. Your defense holds the other team to 145 and you lose. Like that, that doesn't even seem possible. And it was all because of Jared Goff 
uh, throwing two picks and, and losing two fumbles. I don't know how Jerry Goff ended the day fantasy football wise, but at one point he was at negative seven. And I don't, <laughs> that's no, not good, right? I don't think that's good. Um, I'm, I'm out on the Rams. I'm tired. It breached sort of hinted at it. I'm tired of falling for this, uh, this bait and switch where I'm like, Oh, Sean McVay and Jerry Goff have figured out. And then he goes up there and lays a huge turd in the middle of the field. I'm done with it. But let me ask you something about that other football team is, you know, that Baker Mayfield cycle thing that we talked about where it's like <laughs> Baker is like Baker has crappy game, gets ripped by media, plays bad team, destroys bad team, latches back at critics. Absolutely. There's some sort of cycle going on with Jared Goff too. It's like, like Goff has good game. People rank him above Carson Wentz, plays semi decent defense, gets sacked a bunch. Turn, I mean, like he, I, he, he is, he is so wildly inconsistent. So, you know, after the, the one o'clock games, Prisco and Jamie come on and talk about fantasy with Jamie. And then Prisco talks about the games. And I was joking with Prisco about Tua having some fire in his belly and. Jared Goff has no fire in his belly because Pete likes to joke that Tua has no fire in his belly and he, he wasn't sure about him being drafted so high, whatever. Um, I don't know about Tua. Tua didn't have to really do a whole bunch as you pointed out. But let me ask you guys this. And JLC tweeted this out uh, in the middle of this game when it was like 28 to 10, the Dolphins were up. Are the Dolphins the best team in the AFC East? They could definitely win it. I think it's close. And we can talk about the Bills. We'll, we'll talk about them later, obviously. But I, I think the Dolphins – now, the offense is an issue. I think you feel much more comfortable if Ryan Fitzpatrick had played this game Knowing what you get in him, you don't know what you have in Tua. He, the very first play, uh, drop back of Tua's, uh, he got, I thought he was dead. He got rocked by, uh, Brockers. And yeah, it was Aaron Donald. Are you sure? Wasn't it? One of them. Somebody got, got, they, they, they got to him. He got, he was about four feet in the ground by the time he got up and the, he fumbled and then lost the ball. Um, but yeah, so he's got some work to do. Nice touchdown pass to Devontae, your guy, Devontae Parker, but I don't know any more about Tua than I knew 24 hours ago. Yeah, uh, I, I all I'll say about the Dolphins yeah. real quick, Brenton, is that I've been on their bandwagon. I picked them to beat the 49ers a few weeks ago. And with Fitzpatrick, I do think they would be the best team in the AFC East right now. But with Tua, I just think they're such an unknown. Look, we just saw them put up 145 yards of offense. They're not going to be winning games. They're going to be the Arizona Cardinals next week with 145 yards of offense. So until we know like what Tua – how good Tua can be in the NFL, because we don't know that yet after one game. He did absolutely nothing in this game. Uh, I don't know. I would still have the Bills on top just because two is such an unknown right now. Yeah, I I would agree with that. But I mean, I'm, if you're betting on it, the Dolphins. So the Patriots were five to one. The Dolphins were like seven to one, and the Bills are minus four hundred. The Bills just beat the Patriots. The Dolphins obviously beat the Rams. I would guess that the Dolphins are like three to one tomorrow, maybe. That makes sense. I, I mean, I would be interested in that because, um, and like I said, we'll talk about the Bills. Uh, the Bills to me feel like they're going in the wrong direction. They're six to one. Will. Oh, six to one. I was just looking up on William Hill. Thanks, Steve. Well, six to one. No, the Bills are minus six fifty. Yeah. See, I'm not down with that, and I'm I'm a Sean McDermott guy. Pats are ten to one now. That's you're just losing your money, but I will stay far away from that. Yeah. The far. Jets are seven hundred and fifty to one. I want some of that action. That's the Dolphins, Dolphins like, don't have an easy. Eh. They all play the same. I way. don't know. Six to one is fine if you want to yeah, do that. I love six to one. I like six to one a lot. Should we talk about the next game? Maybe. I hope it's sure. Bills and Pats. Yes, that's the one I was hoping for. 
So the uh, Patriots actually covered this game, plus four, but they now are in their first four-game losing streak since 2002. The over 41 hit, ugh, somehow, it's really annoying. Zach Moss, top fantasy performer with 20 points, and Cam Newton had 17. Do This is a question Debo wrote in here. I'm a little surprised at the outla- outrage at Cam Newton because I know he hadn't been, he hadn't been great. Why they lose the game? Because the Patriots can't stop. Specifically in the last drive, why they lose the game? I mean, the fumble on Cam? That's probably why they're mad at him. If I had to guess, and he ain't got nobody to throw to. Yeah, I'm now to hold on though, Brenton. This is like the uh, with the Hoyer at the end of the half against the Chiefs, where all you can't do is take a sack because you can get the field goal and end up getting ninety points, and that's why Patriots fans are mad because all Cam had to do was not fumble. In worst case scenario, you kick a field goal and you go to overtime. Literally, you know, it's not like they needed a touchdown to win this game. Yeah, they I, needed a minimum of a field goal. Like, don't take a sack quite the same as, like, don't fumble. He, the, he mean, was carrying the ball loose. If he had it secured better than he did, it was sort of loose in the way he was running with it. I know he was trying to get an extra yard or whatever. But you can't – you just can't do I mean, he's that. he's thrown to Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird. Demir Bird, I was going to say, here were the, the – guys he's ever played with. Here were the guys that dressed because um, – so Demir Bird, Jacoby Myers – Oshelsky, Osh- Osh- how do you say his name? And Zuber. Please Zuber, tell me who Rizzo. I mean, what are we doing here? Who is Zuber? Is that a real person? I- Ivan Zuber? <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Was, you- he was the first guy that uh, Drago faced in Rocky Four. Ivan Zuber. Anyway, I mean, yes, he had no one to throw to, but the reality is, to breach his point there, you just can't fumble. Just don't fumble it. Uh, that's that's fine. Uh, Damian Harris is really good in this game. 16 carries, 102 yards, and a touchdown. Cam carried the ball nine times for 54 yards and a score as well. I, look, the the Pats just aren't very good on offense. I don't. I just don't think it's. I don't think it's entirely on Cam. It's not. Their defense sucks. Steph Gilmore didn't play today. There were reports that he's he was angry this offseason about his contract. I, that was the first time I've heard of it. I don't know if that had anything to do with this or if he just. I think he got he tweaked a knee or something in practice this week, so he didn't play. Um, they have, you know, 400 guys who opted out before the season. Tom Brady is somewhere else having a good laugh. It's one thing after the next, but I'll go back to what I said last week. I think Tom Brady is more important than Bill Belichick in this setup in New England over the course of 20 years. Now, can Bill Belichick get a quarterback, Trevor Lawrence next year? Sure. And, and fix things. But right now, Cam Newton ain't it. And I mean, I think all of us were sort of thought, thought he was after the first. Good is game. Tom Brady winning? Is he under? Is he like in first place in the AFC East with this roster? I don't think so. They're not losing four straight for the first time since 2000. I think is what you said. And he doesn't fumble because yeah. he wouldn't have scrambled 11 yards with the ball. Right. They're two and five. Is that where they are? Yeah, they're two and five. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I think with this, they probably you look at their losses. They probably beat the Bills. They beat the Broncos. They're, they they're, they're four and three. That's right. They're four I think and three. Four and three sounds about right. Or they could have just, I mean, and four and three, you're first place in the division or second place right behind the Bills tied with the, the Dolphins, depending on what. Well, the like. Bills would be five and three, but true. Yeah. Were, are the Bills good? No. I don't think so either. I feel like they're, right, right. they're Bills, the frauds. Are they frauds? I wouldn't go that far. The defense sucks. I mean, as you noted, um, Damien Harris was just having a field day. It was like he was, it's like he was a Ravens running back and he thought they were playing the Steelers. Uh, they could not tackle him. They refused to tackle him. You know, Cam can't really throw the ball. They had no answers. And I feel like, uh, uh, what's his name? Josh Allen 
he's sort of coming back to earth. He was red hot. We're talking about MVP the first month of the season. That team scored 30 points, I think, in four of the first five games. They didn't score 20 points the next three games, three or four games until this game here, and they, and they barely did it. I, I feel like if Ryan Fitzpatrick, I can't believe I'm saying this, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting for the Dolphins, they're the better team in the division right now. Wow. Just with the unknowns with Tua. The, uh, Allen was 11 of 18 for 154 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. Stephon Diggs led the way, six catches, 92 yards. It was almost like they were scared to put Josh, to make, to let Josh Allen do it. And the weather wasn't good in this game, so I get it, but they were like scared to let Josh Allen do anything against the Bill Belichick defense because they know what's happened in the past. Um, at six and two, they're probably winning the division. I mean, Miami could certainly chase him down. It does I, feel like I, those are two guys. I will say this: the Patriots are not winning the division. I mean, let me ask you this though: at six and two, you would think they're going to win the division. But you look at their schedule; they play the Seahawks next. I don't know if they're winning that. They play the that, Cardinals. That I don't know game, if they're winning that. That game, by the way, Breach and I talked about it in the YouTube exclusive uh, early look headlines. That total is fifty-one. That is five or six points too low. The weather's supposed to be nice next week in Buffalo. The Seahawks and Bills will score 70 points. No defense, right. None. Anyway, sorry, Breach. Go ahead. Rest of the schedule. Yeah, so for their next five games are Seahawks, Cardinals, 49ers, Steelers. And That's then the fifth, one, the fifth one's the Chargers. Yeah, I, I'm on board with the, the, the Dolphins having a chance. I am not on board with the Patriots having a chance. The Patriots are done. Are it, do, it does feel that way. If they found a way to win this game, it's a whole different ballgame. Breach is hesitating. Nine and seven. Nine and seven might win this division. How are the Patriots getting to nine wins? Based on what you've seen. I didn't say the Patriots are going to get to nine wins. I just okay. said nine and seven might win this division. Okay. I'm fine with that, but you, they still you play hesitated. the Jets twice. That gets them to four. You hesitated on, on the Patriots. Still they get, they have to play the Jets twice. The Patriots, that gets them to four wins, Ryan. They, they need the to play the Jets. They need to play the Jets, uh, eight more times to, to get to, or seven more times <laughs> to get to nine wins. Yeah. Uh, but I think you were right about Josh Allen because we're talking about how bad the Patriots defense and offense looked. The Patriots outgained the Bills. Like they had more yardage in this game. And this is not like it was a blowout where there was garbage time yardage. It was blow after blow, except like in slow motion because neither of these offenses were fun to watch. And, you know, the Bills won because Cam Newton carries the. I'll say this. I thought the Bills were losing that game when Cam started driving the, the final, the final series. It looked like they were on their way. They had no answers. The Bills did. And then, you know, miracle of miracles, Cam coughs the ball up. Cam doesn't fumble a ton. Patriots fans would have no idea about that because he has not played well. well. I mean, it's like, it's not on Cam Newton. Don't get me wrong. But, it, I mean, those type of things, as Breach notes, they add up. And it, just the timing's terrible. The, the sort of unforced errors is why you, you lose in football games. And you know what? It, another Cam thing. The Patriots had a third and one with 12 seconds left before halftime. They were at Buffalo's 15-yard line. They could have taken a shot at the end zone. That's what pretty much any other team in the NFL could do because 12 seconds is more than enough time. Belichick said, you know what? I don't trust my offense. Uh, I'm sending my field goal team out, and we're going to kick the field goal. Which, I mean, and to me, that told me all I need to know about how Belichick does feel about this offense. He just is not thrilled with the way they play, and he doesn't trust them. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll look at the rest of the games. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, 
ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, boy. Eagles, Cowboys. We got to talk about it. It happened. It was awful. Breach, do you remember that time you picked the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> Just kidding. The Cowboys are not winning the Super Bowl. I actually picked them to go to the Super Bowl, too. That was stupid. Should have picked the Buccaneers like my original plan. Eagles 23. That was my Cow- original plan. Really? We copy off each other in the NFC every year. It's getting out of hand. It really is. I was just like, man. And then everybody was on the Bucks. I was like, ah, I don't want to do that because everybody thinks. Do you have the Bucks, Ryan? Bucks Ravens. No, that's not happening. How dare you, sir? I bet you wish you had Bucks Chiefs right now. No, I'm okay with the Ravens. Chiefs is too obvious. Okay. We uh, wouldn't think that. Eagles 23, Cowboys 9. Eagles minus 10 covers the under 43 and a half hits. Cowboys were sort of in this game for a while with Ben DiNucci starting. They were in this game for what reason, though? Because Carson Wentz stinks. He had a bad game. I don't know if he stinks, but. Debo, you want to defend your boy? Yeah, let me let me preface by saying this. Debo, uh, can you please explain why Carson Wentz refuses to throw the ball away and take those stupid hits and just fumbles? I, I don't understand. Like, he played so well against the Steelers and the Ravens in the last two weeks against the Giants and now the Cowboys. I feel like he's regressed back to, to like, week one. Uh, the answer is no, I cannot explain it. Uh, mm. I don't think Doug Peterson can explain it. I think Carson Wentz struggles to explain it. W- when he plays somewhat within himself, he's a good quarterback. His highs are very high and his lows like tonight are very, very low. He tries to play hero ball. He makes, tries to make too many things happen, but you're right. I don't, th- I don't think he stinks as a quarterback. Tonight was a horrible performance, but I feel I never thought the Eagles were going to lose this game. I, I talked to Breach and Brinson at halftime. I, I think they would say I was very calm. I was not afraid of anyone besides Greg Zerline in this game. So, you know, I, I never thought this game was in jeopardy. It's just disappointing to see a performance like that against a defense like that. Would Do you think if, if uh, he had his choice that Doug would replace Carson? No. I mean, Doug should look in the mirror a little bit because he's not doing ah. his, his thing either. I mean, some of those, you know, just low percentage plays on fourth and one when the Cowboys have the worst run defense in the league, the two point yeah. conversions continue to be abysmal. There's a lot of decision making from Doug that is, uh, in question just like Carson this season. They came out and Boston Scott ran for 45 yards on the first three carries. 
Like that's 15 yards per carry. That's pretty And then good. they just sort of kind of they got away from it. The Cowboys defense played better. Wentz, I mean, he just couldn't see the rush coming. I don't, it was weird. Like he just, he's like standing there in the, out in the middle of nowhere. There's no receivers in front of him. And there's a Cowboys player, you know, in a totally different colored uniform sprinting right at him. And he just doesn't do anything. He just got drilled. It cost the ball up. Um, very uninspiring performance. He takes way too many hits. He can make some splash plays, but I just don't, I, I this Eagles team will probably win the division and probably go to the playoffs. Washington can be in the mix, I guess, but I mean, it's, it's, this division is so bad. This division is bad. And the Cowboys were just in this game. They were leading it with two minutes left in the third quarter and they were still in it until that crazy fumble that got returned for well, a they touchdown. They got job there. I mean, let me, let it. me ask you guys this because I was watching it live and here's if they had called it back, whatever, I'm fine with that. But here's where I'm at on it. I was like, Oh, that ball's loose because it, you see it every week. In fact, I've never in my life seen it where there's a fumble and there's a scrum and it's clear someone has recovery and then they pile on. And when they get to the bottom of the pile, the other team has it. Never has an official said, Oh, that guy had it first before everyone jumped on it. It's always, Oh, whoever has it last. So I was like, yeah, I'm fine with it. When the ball came flying out, it did feel like in real time that it came out, um, pretty quickly. Like it was like it popped up and like there was Jocelyn like, and it came out. Yeah. And the other thing, I think the problem that a lot of people had, and specifically our pal Nick uh, Costas, who was very upset about his Cowboys plus two. That's what you get for betting on the Cowboys, buddy. Um, yeah, yeah. You bet on a team that's 0-7 against the spread. You have that coming. Exactly. Nick. And the, the problem is they didn't review it. Right? Like it was The review was done in like three seconds. They're like, all right, moving on, two-point conversion time. And then the, the NFL officiating Twitter later noted like there wasn't enough video evidence to confirm that the player possessed the ball. I think that is probably true. It's hard to find, like, you have to have visual evidence of a guy, like, lying there holding the ball. But, I mean, to the this whole sequence was just insane. And more, maybe more importantly, an Eagles defender was offsides before the play started. That was close. I mean, that it was offsides. Well, here's the funny thing for me that I found hilarious, if you're if you're a Cowboys hater, I guess. So they score that touchdown, and then the two-point conversion, they don't get. I think Jalen, that's the one Jalen Hurts ran and got, Absolutely slobber knocker right. at the corner there. So then on the next series, the Cowboys are have faced a fourth and 17. And instead of going for it, which I don't care if they went for it or not, that game's over basically. It was like, fourth you know and 22. Fourth and 22 after the, uh, the delay of game, excuse me. <laughs> they so. said, you know what? We'll give you those two points back and we'll just snap the ball through the uprights. Uh, and, and here's your two points and we'll try the onside, onside punt. By the way, breach that segues nicely to, to your thoughts on that onside punt. An onside punt? What are my thoughts? My thoughts are the most amazing thing. Who's ever seen an onside punt? That made the whole game worth watching. At first, I was sitting there thinking, I cannot believe I'm sitting here through this entire crap fest, and I haven't turned it off, even though uh, the Eagles are up 23-9, and we all know there's no way the Cowboys are coming back. But it was all worth it because we got to see the onside punt. We got to see the Cowboys skyrocket. At that point, if you're the Eagles, you can fair catch it. Uh, but I guess they had their hands team up there who you would think would be like good at catching the ball. Doug and was not prepared for the, for the I, I don't think that's anything they had ever practiced because yeah. they all looked lost and, and they just let the ball bounce. And there was like seven Cowboys players there just ready to pounce on it. I mean, that was actually a, a pretty crazy play for that to have happen. And I will say that the Cowboys, as bad as they are, they've given us some fun special team stuff this year between the watermelon onside kick against the Falcons uh, and obviously the onside punt and Greg Zerline hitting a 59 yard field goal outdoors on a Sunday night. Uh, 
it was a pretty wild special teams game. That's about all the Cowboys have going for them right now. Um, Ben DiNucci didn't have a chance. I mean, no chance. I mean, it wasn't his fault. I'm just saying you put him out there. He has no chance. No chance. It is, it was really, t- so like Ben DiNucci is, was drafted by the Cowboys, right? And played college football at JMU, which is an FCS school. Transferred but, from Pitt because he wasn't getting playing time there. Right. But I mean, he, he, he was, he got a scholarship to a division one power five program and then played college football as a starting quarterback for multiple years at a, at a reasonably high level. It is pretty amazing to like think about just how difficult the NFL is. Like, like, you know, like Ben Nucci has lots of experience playing quarterback. He won lots of games. He threw lots of touchdown passes and he got dropped into the NFL. And I mean, it is just, he didn't look, he, that's like what I think we would imagine one of us looking like if you threw, if you threw us in a football game. That's like, he is, he's really good at making paper airplanes. And then tomorrow you said, we need you to fly this fighter jet and, and, <laughs> and, and, and don't crash it and kill all these targets. Go. I mean, he couldn't like complete passes or. Lots of, it was, it was pretty wild. And Kellen Moore brought out the kitchen sink. They were running reverses early on. They tried everything that they could think of to try and that, generate well, that an That was offense. my problem. Where was all that creativity when you had Andy Dalton? Like, again, not that Andy Dalton is a superstar, but he is better than Ben DiNucci. And when your offensive line is that bad, you have to help your quarterback by coming up with these kind of gadget plays where you can get people out in space, where you can spread the defense out. They didn't do that a single time against the Cardinals. They just ran straight up the middle and let their quarterback get killed uh, against Arizona and Washington. Always comes back to Andy Dalton. No, I, I'm, I, this comes back to the Cowboys' lack of creativity the past two weeks. I don't know why they decided this week with Ben DiNucci was the week to do that. Why They should have been creative as soon as Dak Prescott went down, and it took them two weeks to do it, and this is the only game they've been in for the past two weeks, and they ran until the third quarter. Why did it take them three weeks to come up with this? If I'm, if I'm the Eagles, I am worried about how poorly we played against a terrible Cowboys. Why? Who Who is the second-best team in this division you have to be worried about? Well, it's funny you should ask. The Eagles are actually minus 250 to win it at William Hill. Washington plus 400. Dallas seven and a half to one and the Giants 13 to one. I think the Giants are the second best team in this division. They might be. Washington might be. I hope everybody bet the Eagles when we told them to, when they were like plus 125 or 116 or something. Cowboys were favored two weeks ago to win this division. The Cowboys might be worse than the Jets, honestly. I'm not even kidding. Uh, I don't know. Let's not, we don't need to spend more time on this stupid game. Seahawks 37. 49ers 27, the Seahawks minus one covers the over 54 and a half hits. Uh, thanks to a furious rally by Nick Mullins, who's the third best fantasy performer, 21 points. Russell Wilson at 36, DK Metcalf win. B-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-
I got a trivia question for you guys. Who was drafted two spots ahead of DK Metcalf in the 2019 NFL draft? Uh, Jalen Hurts. The team? Cardinals. I'll give it away. Uh, Buda Baker? Plays the same position. And he's half the size of... of oh, uh, Andy have, Isabella. Andy Isabella went two spots ahead of him. Do you know how many uh, wide receiver... Wide receivers, excuse me, was dra- were drafted ahead of DK Metcalf in 2019. Uh, six. Five. Eight. Oh, okay. God. He was the last. Uh, let's see if we can name him. Uh, Marquise Brown. Number one. Uh, 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 freaking place for the Patriots. And Kill Harry. Kill Harry, yep. Uh, then, uh, I'm getting this year's mixed up too. I was about to say, I know, I know that's, <laughs> uh, I was about to say Janet Rager and T. Higgins. And then, um, uh, Devo Samuel. Yep. Uh, Andy Isabella. Yeah, that's a little farther down the line, but yep. Oh, oh it was actually a good order. You don't have to, but okay. go for it. Um, the Eagles, their dumb pick that had his first touchdown. Oh, JJ, JJ, Ortega Whiteside. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, Deba, I, I didn't mean to. It's five, so we need guy. three more. Was it, was, are you sure? Was DK Mack at the ninth or the eighth? He was number nine. Okay, so there's three more guys taking his teammate. Uh, uh Paris Campbell. Oh, AJ Brown. AJ Brown and Paris Campbell, and then one more. Exactly. This guy plays now for the Chefs. Nicole Hardman. No. Nicole Hardman, you got it. That's it. it? Nice job. All right, good work by us. That's only needed two hints. That's um, pretty good. In six picks, it was Andy Isabella, two picks later, DK Metcalf, two picks later, um, Deontay Johnson. So if uh if you were over the next five years, how many wide receivers would you take over DK Metcalf? Not many. So like you're ruling out Julio Jones and like two or three, maybe less. And those two or three people would be. I would have to look. I mean, <laughs> he's an absolute monster. He's an he's an absolute like AJ Brown's probably in that conversation. But I mean, DeAndre Hopkins. But he's older. Five years. Yeah. How old is he? Maybe if the car if the Cardinals called the Seahawks and were like, "Hey, would you like to trade DeAndre Hopkins for DK Metcalf?" The Seahawks would hang up. I thought you were gonna say Andy Isabella for DK. We drafted him <laughs> higher. Do you want him? <laughs> well, we'll, about, we'll give you Andy for DK. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Who else? Uh, he's up there. I mean, it, it's he's he might be the number one answer. Mike Evans. He's still relatively young. Yeah. Chris Godwin. He's hurt. You know, he battles injuries. I mean, again, do the trade thing. If the Bucks are like, hey, do you want? Uh, no. What Mike Evans for DK Metcalf? He looks like ha ha ha. Like Deontay Johnson, I love, but he he's injured a lot and he he's not as consistent, consistently dominant. Well, I'm just thinking the same draft class. Um, Debo Samuel's hurt too much. I like him. I mean, the Patriots would certainly love to have Debo Samuel, but yeah. Keenan Allen? No. I love Keenan Allen, but no. Mike Thomas? He's not playing, and he runs slants. Oh, for the next five years. Uh, Tyreek Hill. That's a good one. I would take Tyreek. Devontae Adams. Yeah, you probably He's hurt a lot. Yeah. Devontae's better, though. Devontae's better. Stephon Diggs? Nah. Too much. He's, he's too much. He gets angry at people. But if we're taking for the next five years, are we, are we taking him at the contract they currently have? Because that makes DK very attractive over everyone else. Well, DK's gonna, DK went second round, so he's going to get paid next year. There's no franchise tag for him, no fifth year option. Or no fifth year option, too. Well, right, but he still has another full year of this year and next year. They're going to have to pay him this offseason. No, you can't. He's, he's year two. Okay. Year three next year. Oh, yeah. I'm out of it tonight. 
Um, All right, let me sidetrack you so we can talk about this. Game. No, it's fine. I mean, he's he's up there. I mean, it's BMAC he, made this point during the Sunday night chit chat. It also helps. We talk about these other wide receivers and where they landed. That he landed with the best quarterback, top two quarterback in the NFL. I mean, if he goes to the Jets, he's you know who who the hell we don't even know his name. It's pretty wild that he he was in everybody's top ten coming off the combine, the first day of the combine, and the second day when he ran the his second day he had cone. a three cone drill and he fell to the second round. Like that's the well, and it's pretty thing. wild. If we talked about the teams that took receivers ahead of him or the receivers that taken ahead of him. These were some of the smartest coaches in the NFL who took receivers. Because you can't say 31 teams passed on them because not everyone wanted a receiver in the first or second round. But you're talking about John Harbaugh, Belichick, Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, uh, uh, Frank Reich. You know, like these were all very good coaches that decided that they did not want DK Metcalf. I think that's the most surprising part of all the teams that drafted receivers were teams that, for the most part, had very, very good coaches. I will say this, and this isn't a defense because everyone whiffed on this because I think it was more to do with three-cone drill than what I'm about to say. But DK had a, a neck injury that forced him to miss like half a season, I think, at Ole Miss. And I think there were some concerns about the neck injury. But if you kick the tires on him at the combine and you're happy with his, his health, then that's no longer an excuse. I think it was more to do with the three-cone, which is, in retrospect, clearly asinine. Well, I saw Bimani Jones sort of talking about this, and I wonder, is it like, has DK just gotten a lot better than he was at all? Because he wasn't very productive at Ole Miss. I mean, he's just well, a, a... Ole Miss ran a weird offense, and Jordan, yeah. I, mean, I remember Dawson Knox talking about how he was underutilized. But also, I think we can all agree that Russ Wilson is better than Jordan Tomo. I think we can, too. To my my previous point, I mean, I mean having Russ Wilson throw you the best deep ball thrower in, in, in football, hooking you up five, six, seven times a game. Sure when you have Tyler Lockett over on the other side to kind of take some coverage off you too. But, you know, I think the bigger point here that we're not talking about is, are the 49ers bad? Yeah. Like, yeah. should they bench Jimmy Garoppolo? What is going on with this offense? They're just... Is anyone... So, are you guys sold on Jimmy Garoppolo? I have never been, and I continue not to be. I am not. I don't so... He doesn't... He's he's basically a rich man's version, or a middle-class man's version of Jared Goff in my life. You would take Garoppolo over Goff? And I was actually, as the words were coming out of my mouth, I, I wasn't even convinced with that. Maybe they're <laughs> next-door neighbors in the same class <laughs> neighborhood. Neither are, are blowing, blowing my hair back. It's just, this is all about Kyle Shanahan designing the perfect game plan. If it's not perfect, the 49ers don't win. Like, that's how he has to out-coach the other team. When you're in a division this tough, you can't do that every single week. And it's showing like he is basically holding Jimmy Garoppolo's hand and teams like the Seahawks come in and just separate their hands. And he's just a little kid lost <laughs> in the mall. and He doesn't know what to do. Nice. And that, it, that was, that was this game. And then you see Nick Mullins come in and the four ers did what they should have done the whole game. Look, I know they love running the ball and all their trickery, but when you're playing a Seahawks defense, that's giving up 480 yards per game and can't stop the pass, then throw the ball. That's, that's what you do. Like it's it really was- that simple. And that's what Nick Mullins did. In fact, it was, it's, it's ironic because it is the exact opposite of what, it's the exact same thing, but opposite of what Sean McVay did. Like just run the ball with Daryl Henderson and with Jimmy Garoppolo, just throw the ball to George Kittle or Brandon Ayuk. Like George Kittle, by the way, anybody in the passing game. Both, both George Kittle and Jimmy G left the game with injuries. I don't know yeah, what Kittle suffered an ankle injury catching a pass from Nick Mullins after Jimmy G, I believe it also suffered. Um, yeah, his was an ankle as well. Uh, look, 
I thought the Seattle defense played well for the first time all year. They were up 30 to seven before Nick Mullins came in in the fourth quarter. And I think he scored three straight touchdowns, maybe something like that. But, uh, for, uh, three and a half quarters, that's as well as the Seahawks defense has played. And again, I, I, yeah, the San Francisco 49ers were injured, but again, I don't care. Every team is injured. They're battling injuries. Jamal Adams still hasn't played since, uh, he suffered a groin injury a month ago now. It feels like he's maybe back next week. And, and I think the defense will get better. So. I think they're the clear-cut favorites in this division. Here, This is uh, interesting numbers. Wide receiver numbers after 23 games, uh, courtesy of Dave uh, Softy Mailer out of uh, KJR in Seattle. Calvin Johnson, 85 catches, 1,438 yards, 10 touchdowns. Larry Fitz, 102, 1391, 12 touchdowns. Jerry Rice, 86, 1708. Lord, 11 touchdowns. Randy Moss, 101, 1827, 21. T.O., 58, 913, and 10. DK Metcalf, 94 catches, 1584 touchdowns. I mean, that's, it's crazy. Anyway, the, uh, yeah, the four, I think the 49ers are up and down. They're game plan specific. They are dogs at home against the Packers. You can run on the Packers and maybe they'll be better. They got to get healthy. They need those running backs in the, in the, in Kittle. Kittle is a problem. Yep. All right. Moving along to Bears Saints. Oh, is this kind of a boring week? The 1 p.m. games were not great, except for Ravens, Steelers. Yeah, uh, Scott Pioli made that comment as well. And uh, other than the Ravens, Steelers, which I enjoyed watching, obviously. Uh, yeah. There was a crazy stretch in the th- in the 4 p.m. games late, and Ravens Steelers was good, but largely it was kind of a boring week. And I mean, uh, Bills Patriots was pretty exciting. I mean, the, the offense of football wasn't exciting, and but it went down. The I think wire. a lot of it was the. Crappy weather, too. This is the first time all season we've had crappy weather. Good point. Uh, Saints-Bears actually went to overtime. The Saints won 26-23. The Bears cover plus five and a half. The over 41 hits. Neither of those things should have happened. The Saints. Um, this, that hosed, right? The who? I thought you were going to talk about the Cole Komet fumble that was later said it wasn't a fumble. Exactly. And that would have been a Saints field goal. They would have covered by six. The under would have hit. Uh, Drew Brees, top-facing performer, 23 points. Nick Foles had 20. Alvin Kamara had 15. The Saints have now uh, won three straight games, which they trailed by double digits, the longest streak in franchise history, which is pretty crazy. Um, and uh, they've won four straight games, all by six points or fewer. And we had a fight, a crazy fight with uh, – That was nuts. It's, it's not Denzel Wims. What's his, Javon. Uh, Javon. Javon Wims. Um he was told by Matt Nagy, we talked to him and told him that's not how things go here. One of Javon's strengths is character and who he is as a person. And he has since apologized, but there's no part of that in this game. Again, I still haven't seen it before. What I heard is not good. That's not how we roll here. And we'll be talking to him. So, um, uh, breach set the stage. All right. So we had Javon Mims. All you see on TV is he goes Wims. up. Denzel <laughs> Mims, Javon Wims. So many, uh, you're, you confuse me with all the names. Javon Wims. He, you just see all of a sudden there's a clip on TV where he just goes up to CJ Gardner Johnson and just starts swinging punches at him. And everybody's like, what in the heck just happened? Uh, and luckily, because we live in the world of social media and uh, people love investigating things, someone took their DVR, went back in the game to try and figure out why all this happened. So credit real quick to this uh, at Evan Sachs on Twitter. He went back and saw that uh, Gardner Johnson knocked out Wims' mouthpiece earlier in the game. 
and then Wims wasn't able to get it because the defense went off the field. And so he had to sit on the sideline. His mouthpiece was out there. And then, like, people were, like, trampling on it because they didn't know it was out there. And he finally went out to get it on the next series. And apparently he was so upset that it got knocked out in the first place. And maybe his plan was to retaliate by getting Gardner Johnson's mouthpiece, but then it turned into a fight. So I don't know. I think – I think he actually, if you watch it, that's what he did. He walks around and it looks like he's like tapping his chest. I think he actually yanked his mouthpiece out. I didn't know what that was at first because you see the back of Gardner Johnson. And I thought at first it felt like, you know, that trick you do on your, on your kid where you say, Hey, what's that? And you look down, you hit him up. Yeah. I thought he did that trick on him. And then he just lost his mind. He was going throwing haymakers with a guy wearing a helmet. And he threw a haymaker so hard with it was open-handed, I think, if you slow-mo it down. That Gardner Johnson, actually, his head goes back like it's a movie, like an action movie. And I just will say this. It, it, it's unacceptable. You can't do that, no matter the reason. But Gardner Johnson is also the guy that Mike, Mike Thomas started wailing on when he got suspended, too. So maybe this guy's just an instigator. Well, when you see the clip, I mean, Breach said that Gardner Johnson, like, removed whims. He jerked that thing out and looked to just, like, throw it, throw it away like a, a used piece of gum. And, but again, that seems like the, the, the reaction by Wim seems like a, such a large leap from, from some guy just ripping your mouthpiece out. And there was also a play earlier in the game where I think Gardner Johnson stuck his finger in, uh, Anthony Miller's face, like through the face. No, no, that's what he did. He got the ma- Was that, was that, was that the, that was Anthony Miller. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They showed that on Fox. Right. I, Cause that's yeah, like, yeah, is that Wim's? And like, no, that's Anthony Miller. Um, Rob was, was saying the, the, producer. it looks like he's messing with his mouthpiece too. So I don't know. That's what, definitely Johnson, a code. Gardner Johnson have like a mouthpiece fetish. Like what is happening? He has to get along with others fetish because Michael Thomas was wailing on him as well. So I don't know what the, what the real stop laugh. the first he like runs over and yanks the thing down. And then he's like pauses for one brief second, like d- delivers this like little flurry of blows. Gardner Johnson's like, what, what the hell he's is so happening? He's so confused. Right. Yeah, it's like one of those like, things where you, you, you know, it's definitely staged when you see it like on Twitter where someone turns around and, and does all this slapsticky stuff and falls down the stairs. Like, Oh my gosh, how's that happening? That's the, that, that's how I feel how Gardner Johnson feels. It's like, what is going on? Why is this person losing their mind on national television in the middle of a football game? And all this came at an absolutely horrible time because look, uh, it, it was 13 to 13. There was nine minutes left in the third quarter. And Nick Foles had just completed a pass to Allen Robinson for five yards. So if that happens, it's second and five. The Bears are driving. Who knows? Instead, now you're dealing with this 15-yard penalty from Javon Wims. So instead of second and five, it's second and 20. Nick Foles is trying to make things happen. And we all know what happens when Nick Foles is trying to make things happen. Exactly. Ryan's got his thumb down. If you're watching on YouTube, it's going to be bad. Foles throws an interception on the very next play. And then the Saints get a field goal on that drive, take a 16-13 lead, and they led the rest of the game. And so you could point to that not just as Wims being an idiot and getting ejected, but like as the turning point in the game. Um, anyone think that Senior Mitchell should have been brought back in, Trubisky? Sure. It's a Spider-Man meme. Who cares? Play the one on me. That's the thing. So you, so, so let's say you bring him in if you're Matt Nagy. Whether you, who, who knows who you love? It doesn't matter. So you bring him in, and maybe even you win this game. What's the plan going forward for the next two months, like with your quarterback situation? Uh, switch mm. off. Right. I mean, it, you just create more headaches for yourself, and you basically have the same person. One's just eight years older than the other one. I agree. Um, are the Saints good? I'm, I'm, I'm worried about them. I think this was a huge win for them because we have to talk about another team in the NFC that lost, so that's that's important. 
but they didn't look great. They but do also, they do keep winning. No Mike Thomas, no Manny Sanders, and we keep we forget that every week. Yeah, they've been their defense hadn't been playing very well. They sort of remind me of the Bills. I mean, we thought they'd have a good defense, but it's not, and yeah. their offense shows up sort of. Yeah, I mean, right now Drew Brees is what he is. He ain't changing, so it's going to be a death by a million short passes. And again, they've got Michael Thomas back and, and Manny Sanders, and, and hopefully the the offense will you know improve. They have the Buccaneers and the Forty ers next, so we'll find out pretty quick. I mean, they're on a they're winning better than losing. I mean, they've won four straight games since that ugly loss on Sunday night to the Packers. But man, they didn't feel like they were going to win. I mean, like the Lions, the Chargers, no T. Bears in OT, Panthers by three. They might not be good. We'll see. I would absolutely take the Buccaneers to win the division right now. Vikings 28, Packers 22, though. Uh-oh. Packers lost. Here's what uh Prisco said on, on HQ. This is not a good look for the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Vikings plus five and a half covered the over 48. Dalvin Cook went nuclear. I think he had four touchdowns total. He had like 50 DFS points. Wow. Aaron Rodgers, 27. Devontae Adams, 23. You can just run all over the Packers. Right. And, and the Packers watching this game remind me a lot. And this was before the Seahawks played, but remind me a lot of the Seahawks. You have one player that they ought, that the, 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 the game goes through, the quarterback. And then if the defense ain't feeling like it, you're, you're in deep doo doo, even if you have a Hall of Famer. Uh, playing out of his mind. And yep. that was the case. And th- the funny thing is, like, Kirk Cousins was basically Kirby Cousins. He only attempted 14 passes, cleaned 11, 11 of them, threw for 160 yards or three fewer yards than what Dalvin Cook ran for. <laughs> but he has translated that into, uh, 30, whatever he makes, 25, 30 million dollars a year as the ultimate game manager. Cause this is how you have success with Kirk Cousins. He ain't coming back. We've established that. Uh, he'll make a ton of mistakes if you force him to throw the ball a lot. You need a running game, and, and they had that this week. Obviously, De- Dalvin Cook can't sustain this every week, but he has to rush for you know ninety to hundred yards to give him a chance. I mean, Mike Zimmer definitely thinks he can because that's Zimmer's whole entire game plan every week is let's get Dalvin Cook to one hundred and sixty three rushing yards, and there's no way we'll lose. Well, and- he ain't wrong. I mean, he had thirty carries for. I, I'm so surprised they just kept feeding him. Usually, they don't do that. They usually get to like twenty five and like bring in Madison. Cousins threw again 14 times. They just weren't, they weren't throwing. They didn't want to throw the ball. I mean, two catches and 63 yards and a touchdown for Dalvin Cook. I mean, he just, they were going short yardage and he scored on each of their first four drives, becoming the first player to score a touchdown on each of his team's first four possessions of a game in NFL history. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. By the way, the Packers were getting the doors blown off in the second half. They only had 14 points at the very end. They scored, Devontae Adams scored a touchdown, I believe. They had the ball with a chance to win. And the, the the Vikings defense showed up and and forced Aaron Rodgers to fumble. By the way, fun fact: uh, Travis Fulgham, who is now arguably the best player on the Eagles roster, got cut by the Packers this summer. You think they need a wide receiver? That is a fun fact. Yeah, I didn't know that. Is why does every why does everywhere that Yannick Ngakwe goes stink? Like, like the Ravens lost. Well, the the Vikings won today. He's gone. Yannick. I'm just saying. Um, I don't think the Vikings are going to get back. It's good no. to see them being frisky. Zimmer they, needs they, this. They, they're still in last place in the division. Look, yeah, for sure. No, no, they, they're not good. But Zimmer needed this. That's a bad loss, as as Pete said. It's well, not a good. Let look. me let me ask you this. I'm gonna I'm gonna list you their next five games, and you take one second. And tell me what you think their record is. Who Lions, are the Vikings? The Vikings. Okay. 
Lions, Bears, Cowboys, Panthers, Jacksonville. Three, three wins there, but can they win three games? Oh, that might be more. I, I don't think five and O is insane. Stop. Oh, my God. You guys are. <laughs> Someone get breached a drug test right now. He just said a two-win team can reel off five in a row. Do not cut this if they reel off five in a row, Debo. Debo, please <laughs> cut it. And then Ryan can apologize. I know. I will apologize. But I mean, you've seen this team play. If Dalvin, so let me ask you this. If Dalvin Cook gets 163 yards in next, the next five games, they will definitely win those games. The Vikings are two and five. They have the same point differential as the five and three Cleveland Browns. Okay. Neither team is probably going to the playoffs. Oh, what a shot at the people of Cleveland, Ryan. What do they do to you? Do they hurt you? <laughs> no. I do think there's a chance they could win three, four, or even five of those games. I, I don't think I will crazy. give you three. Three this max? Team, yes, max. This team sucks. How are they going to win games unless Dalvin Cook – does Dalvin Cook have 200 carries in him in the next five weeks? Maybe. No. He's got him to a contract extension. He's really good. He just came back from injury. I don't care. All right. Well, good. I hope they go five minutes so I can apologize to everybody. All right, Breach. Time for your Peacock performance. Oh, actually, before we get there, on a scale of one to ten, how worried are you about the Packers? Uh, one. Mm. Four. They're still the second best team in the in division after the. No, 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 third. Sorry, they're third. Conference. Conference. Sorry, right <laughs> behind the Seahawks, tight Buccaneers, and Bucks, and then Seahawks for me. I'd say I'm like a five or a six in the Packers. But they're still they can't play the from behind, and their defense isn't good. I'll give you five and six for Super Bowl. I'll give you one for playoffs. I mean, they're going to the playoffs. They'll have a home game and they'll win one or something. Well, that's. Yeah, I don't think they care about going to the playoffs. Though. Bengals 31, Titans 20. The Bengals plus seven covers the over 49 hits. Ryan Tannehill and Joe Burrow tied for the top fantasy performer at 21. And um, the Bengals were feeling it. After the game, they tweeted out, So, look up! Thanks for coming out, experts! With like a link to ESPN's um, experts who all picked the Titans to win. You know, which is a little weird because the Bengals have four wins in the last two years. So you'll forgive anyone for not picking them to win outright, which John Breach didn't even do. They're six and two against the spread. I picked them to cover the spread, Brenton. That is all that matters. You know what though is even with the William Hill numbers, I think 90% of the people bet on the Titans. A big reason was the Bengals. We always talk about everyone's injured. They had everyone injured starting left tackle, starting right tackle, starting center. Joe Mixon was out. There was no one there. This was all Joe Burrow making everything happen. And I think like the first six weeks of the season, we've all seen first seven weeks of the season. We've all seen that he has these flashes of talent. He can keep the Bengals in games. I mean, we've seen it since week one when uh I won't name he who shall not be named missed that field goal against the Chargers. Oh, he missed. He missed. Oh, and he may have pulled a hamstring or a muscle and there is complete elation you know and then they they lost a uh, couple one score games to the browns they blew i think a 20 nothing lead to the colts or whatever it was a huge lead and so it was it was the question was what if they put it all together what if their defense plays a good game joe burrow plays a good game what's going to happen and this is what happened they beat a very very good titans team and they did it whoa 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 the titans are fine what a very very good Titans. yes Titans defense is terrible. The, but the Bengals have no, they start, they signed Quentin Spain and had to trot him out there. And he didn't I'm not, 
suggesting that it was a surprising victory. But Breach has called the Titans a very, very good they, Titans team. They are. I'll get Breach that. Let Breach have his moment. I can't believe Brinson is trying to hate on this win by not calling the Titans good. Like, that's your argument? That's insane. You need to take a nap, Brinson. You need to take a nap. Okay. Titans are one of the best teams in the AFC, and they lost to the Bengals. They are a team in the AFC. Stop. Uh, but no, I think that was the surprising part was how much, how well the defense played. The Titans only had seven points going in the fourth quarter. They got a couple garbage time touchdowns and Joe Burrow was absolutely cl- clutch. The, the Bengals are fun to watch. So I'm going to tell anyone if the Bengals are on in your area, you should watch them because they are fun to watch. They're they only on in one area <laughs> in Cincinnati. Regional Cincinnati. I agree. I think the Bengals are fun to watch. Joe Burrow is awesome. He's 26 to 37 with two, 249 and two touchdowns. Um, you know, Joe Mixon was missing. As you mentioned that the uh, tackles were out. T Higgins is good. I don't another, know why I fell for the T Higgins pre-draft yeah, stuff. T Higgins is just good. Swinging him. I hate it. I'm so, you got to get off Twitter the, the last two weeks of the draft season. I loved T Higgins in college. He was good. He was awesome. Didn't you like him? Yes. And I got yeah. talking to the, the, you know, you talk to people and like, oh yeah, can he separate? Hey, slow. Can you separate? It's like say, the same thing happened with Mike Williams. Guess what? He can separate. Yeah. AJ Tyler Boyd's Green, really good. AJ Green's not good. AJ Green had a good two weeks and then fell back to earth. Gio Bernard did some stuff. Samaj P. Ryan scored a touchdown. Corey Davis went off for the uh, Titans. He catches 128 yards and a touchdown. He keeps going off. Yeah. Um, AJ Brown had a touchdown catch as well. And Derrick Henry, 18 carries, 112 yards and a touchdown. Horrible interception by Ryan Tannehill in the first half. Just brutal. And also, I will say this. I don't, I don't know if you mentioned this or not, but I think the, Bengals have five times had fourth quarter leads and never was able to consummate the deal. And, and Sunday was the day where they sealed the deal. They sealed it. They made it happen. Uh, fantastic touchdown, uh, to Tyler Boyd. That was a great play. And then a, a clutch touchdown at the end there to, uh, Mr. Mustachio, Gio Bernard. Have you seen his mugshot? The, like the, uh, the, the, he looks like, uh, I call him George Jefferson. That's great. He looks like the guy from Super Troopers. Uh, he, really? we, said it, we said it last time. Yeah. Uh, cause he thought it'd be harder for COVID to get through his mustache. It's working. He's, he's, he's falling out. Yeah. That um, you're, you're right. That's a fun team to watch. They're doing well. And, um, I'll be honest. I think they're going to have some more upset wins in the second half of the season because they're, they're starting to gain count confidence. The only issue is they're going to save Zach Taylor's job. Funny. You should say that Wilson. Cause you know who their next game is against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's right. They get the week off. They do. The Raiders 16 Browns six, by the way. We haven't mentioned the Colts yet. We'll, we'll get to the AFC South when we get to the Colts. Raiders 16, Browns 6. This game was played uh, in a Thunderdome in terms of weather. The Raiders plus one hit. The under 47 and a half hit. Derek Carr, your top fantasy performer. Josh Jacobs. Uh, Derek Carr had 14 points. Josh Jacobs 12. Um, I don't think you can take too much away from this, except that just like Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, Kevin Stefanski got way too cute with this game. What are you doing? Why would you only give Kareem Hunt 14 carries? This should have been a feed Hunt game. Josh Jacobs had 31 for 128. Like The Raiders can't stop the run. you got to feed him in that spot. Baker Mayfield cannot throw 25 times in that sort of weather. 50-mile-an-hour gusts. By the way, I predicted this upset. So. Is there even an upset? I may have picked so But... Yeah, I, I mean, there's nothing. I don't, David and Joku dropped the ball to hit him in the hands late. Um, Jarvis Landry got unlucky and had a touchdown overturned that he didn't quite catch. It wasn't really a drop. 
Hunter Renfro had a ball that he caught in the end zone that could arguably have been called the other way. So some things went their way, but yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, you just run the ball. I went yeah. three and ten straight up in the NFL week. That's pretty yeah, I was laughing at that. You need hey, this is one of the games you got, Brinson. That's big. That's one of the games. I got. Oh no, they had me down for Cleveland. That's what, what you told them. So breach. Uh, in terms of the uh, the field goals, which were going like hard left, uh, aren't you? I mean, do you have the nerve as a field goal kicker to put the ball outside the right upright, knowing that it's going to come back left? So a football is so heavy, you don't ever think that like. You're not going to aim to miss because if the wind stops gusting the instant you kick it, which is even a 50 mile an hour wind, it might take a two second break. And if it does that, then you just miss. So you cannot aim to miss. So you might aim if it, if the wind's blowing left, you might aim. Like, right like when you're playing golf, you don't, you know, like you can aim like for a slice. Like you don't want to do that for. Right, right. So you might aim a couple feet inside the right upright if the wind's blowing left. And and if people have not seen replays of these field goals, uh, Daniel Carlson tried a 41-yarder in the first quarter. It was going right down the middle, and the wind just blew it left, and it hit the left upright. And then Cody Parkey, poor Cody Parkey, my God. I've never felt more sorry for a kicker in my entire life. It is 16-6. to If he makes this field goal, there's a minute 58 left. It's from 37 yards out. And if he makes it, it's a one-score game. Uh, and you know what happens? The wing gods took the football and just threw it out of the stadium. I mean, same thing. It was going right down the middle, except the, he took the win to account more than Carlson did. And, again, it just blew straight left. It was insane to watch. You should find the replay uh, if you have not seen these field goals because they were crazy. Uh, I, we forgot to mention, I don't want to go back quickly, but Steve Guskowski honked again, uh, another field goal in that Titans. Mm. He hit the upright from 53, and it was windy in Cincinnati, so I, I'm going to give him that one. I'm going to give him a pass. He loved him. Okay. This, this is a bad loss for the for the Browns. I mean, I, like you give him a pass because the weather was bad, but you need to. The Ravens, like, the Raiders were able to play in it. I mean, someone had to win that game. I'm just saying, like the Raiders come to town. They're, you know, they're a West Coast team. They're coming into Cleveland in this nasty weather. You've established yourself as one of the best running teams in football. This is a great spot for you to just pound the ball down their throats, force Derek Carr to throw the ball a bunch, and then you get out of here with a win, and all of a sudden you're six and two. Tied with. The Ravens. The Ravens, yeah, for second place in the division. And instead, you know, again, they just let Baker Mayfield throw. Like, this offense is not better without Odell Beckham. That that narrative is stupid. Yeah, It's it's not. Well, the weather was a, a big issue. I, I, I mean, they need Odell Beckham. Yeah, when he's playing like Odell Beckham, but has he really done that in Cleveland? Look, the, the Raiders did what the Browns needed to do, and they won this game. All right, moving along. Yep. Because <laughs> it is – I'm like, I'm like, why am I – more tired than normal. All right, daylight. Fun saved. fact: the Cleveland Browns are five and zero this season when they score eight or more points in a game. That's, All they have to do is score eight points, and they win. That's a fun fact. Broncos thirty-one, Chargers thirty. Oh my gosh! The Broncos plus three covers the over forty-four and a half hits. Justin Herbert leads the way with twenty-seven fantasy points. Drew Locke at twenty-five. I don't know how the Chargers lost this game. But they are a magical unicorn with an ability to find new ways to lose football games every single week. It's incredible to see. I mean, this team has now lost, I believe Joe Reedy tweeted this out, uh, four consecutive games where they had 16 or 16 points or more, a lead of 16 points or more. No, they, that they, is 
That's worse than the Falcons. They've blown 16 point leads because they beat Jacksonville. They blew a 16 point lead against Jacksonville, but they ended up winning. <sighs> so it, it, the stat was a little confusing because they That's won right. one of the games. Okay. Um, here, here it is. They're the first team in NFL history to blow a 16 point lead in four consecutive games. And if you go back to the five, the fifth game, that was the Chiefs game they should have won and they turtled up at the end of, of regulation and lost in overtime. Since 2000, teams are 831 and eight in games where they're leading by 21 points with fewer than seven minutes to go in the third quarter. The Chargers have lost three of those eight games and two in the last two weeks. And to add on to that, uh, the Chargers are 0-3 this season when they have a lead of 17 or more points. Every other team in the NFL combined, 52-4. and It's unbelievable. And Drew Locke was playing like dog crap uh, until about the fourth quarter. Um, I think – let me check. They have two straight touchdowns or three straight touchdowns? He was awful in this game. So they had three straight touchdown drives in the fourth quarter. But the end of the third quarter, he threw a god awful interception. That should have been a wrap. That should have been over. Uh, but of course it wasn't. Uh, I thought again, Justin Herbert played really well. Uh, the Chargers defense just fell asleep in the, in the fourth quarter and somehow lost that Drew game. Lock I think the has a rating. What'd you say? Drew Locke had a better game than Justin Herbert. Oh, you're looking at the pass rating. I mean, stat, Drew, Lock. Drew Locke was 26 to 41 for 248, three touchdowns, one pick. Herbert was twenty nine to forty three for two seventy eight three and two. Yeah, no, I, I mean I, I saw the game. I mean, you watched the game, and Herbert was it, a billion times better than Locke. Drew Locke in the first three quarters, thirteen to twenty five for ninety eight yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. Drew Locke in the fourth quarter, thirteen to sixteen for one hundred and fifty yards and three touchdowns. Whew. I mean, that's insane. Like that doesn't even make sense. And Joey Bosa went out. I feel like that probably played a big part in that because the Chargers pass rush kind of disappeared. And coincidentally, that also happened to be when Drew Luck started playing like 2013 Peyton Manning, <laughs> who was also the last Broncos quarterback to throw three touchdown passes in a fourth quarter. Mm. That, yeah. The loss is inexcusable. But again, we've been saying that every week that the, the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers should be like five and two. Like the Chargers and the Bengals could be two of the best teams in the, in the AFC. They could be perfect, but they're not. Yeah. Not as good as your Falcons, you two. But, yeah, I mean, not Falcons. I'm sorry, the Vikings, who are going to go 5-0, and but they're close. Since the beginning of last season, the Chargers are 3-14 and in games decided by eight or fewer points. The Bengals are 1-12-1. and just I just don't know if Anthony Lynn is a good football coach. The thing is, I don't know what you do. You can't make people tackle. You're blowing the doors off people for 45 minutes. What What's going on? They fired Dan Quinn for blowing leads. That's the thing. Like, no one – well, now people, I mean, obviously. But I think part of the issue is that, oh, Justin Herbert's a shiny new thing. He's playing really great. Yeah, they're not winning football games, but they will. They made the right decision. Whereas Matt Ryan, everyone's old in Atlanta. Same old, same old. Dan Quinn got to come back when he should have been fired perhaps at the end of the uh, last year. But, yeah, there are some questions that need to be answered without a, without a doubt. All right, last two games. Colts. 41, Lions 21. Speaking of questions being answered, mm. is Philip Rivers washed? Hell no. <laughs> Philip Rivers is dealing, son. He looks good, doesn't he? Can I... Yep. Both no, right. three and a half hits over 49 hits. Uh, Rivers and Stafford both had 28 fantasy points. Jordan Wilkins had 18. God, Jonathan Taylor, tough. Um, Colts have won five of their last six. Rivers is 23 of, 23 of 33. 
for 262 and three touchdowns. First five games had four, four passing touchdowns and five picks. Last two games, six passing touchdowns, just one pick. Lions had 29 yards rushing. Gross. And the Colts also had a uh, pick six of Matthew Stafford. They dominated this game from start to finish. Yeah, pick six was the final nail in the coffin in the end there. Matthew Stafford had a fumble, lost fumble earlier, strip sack, I believe. Yeah, the most impressive thing for me after Phillip Rivers playing well, which credit to him, was Naheem Hines doing that somersault, triple flip, whatever that thing guy. was. Yeah, your guy. He even got um, Simone Biles. Is that her name? The gold <laughs> medal. She tweeted at him saying, great job on your little what? Gymnami- g- gymnastics. <laughs> gymnastics. We're going to invent gymnastics. Gymnastics. You guys mentioned the fumble and the pick six. Those actually came on consecutive plays. So Stafford lost a fumble on consecutive plays, offensive plays for the Lions. Stafford lost the fumble. It was 20 to 14 at that point. The Colts go down, score a touchdown, take a 28 14 lead. And then on the Lions' very next offensive play, Stafford throws the pick six. Now you're down 35 14. So you go from a 2014 driving with a chance to take the lead to your quarterback turns it over twice on two plays and you're down 35 14, game over. So it was, uh, the Colts defense looked, it was at full strength. You know, Darius Leonard's fi- finally back after dealing with injuries. When Darius Leonard's healthy, that Colts defense is good. It's one of the best in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, Colts are five and two, and I believe now huge favorites to win with the Tennessee Titans loss. I pick I them to win to the division to begin the year. I think oh, the God, Titans the might still, still be favored. The Titans are still favored. I think I would jump. I'm the Titans guy, and I think I would jump on the Colts here. Mm-hmm. The Colts are plus 100. People should be betting that. Yep, they're a better team than the Titans. Mortgage your house on the Colts. Don't do that. Okay. I can't wait till um, someone leaves us a one star review and saying they're homeless because Wilson told them to mortgage lost, their house. <laughs> lost my home on Philip Rivers at Wilson's. <laughs> Wilson's Turns out Ryan Wilson's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, Colts are good. Chiefs 35, Jets 9. The Chiefs covered the 19 and a half somehow. The under 49 hits. Uh, Patrick Mahomes went nuts. Five passing touchdowns. Tyreek Hill had a big game. Travis Kelsey had a big game. Michael Harbin had a big game. Demarcus Robinson had a big game. If you played Patrick Mahomes in DFS, you made a bunch of money. I mean, what do you, what do you, what can you say? Let me pose this question to you. We know the Jets suck and that's, that's fine. So, um, one of the touchdowns was Tyreek Hill bomb. I think it was the 41 yarder. And he jumps, I mean, watching him jump to the stands is in and of itself an athletic feat. And he goes about within five or six feet of some fans giving the football, but he's in the stands for, I don't know, 10 seconds. That to me seems like a penalty, like something the NFL will call. I wouldn't. I cannot believe they didn't flag him for it. Later, they flagged Travis Kelsey for doing the, the Tony Gonzalez dunk on the, on the, on the goalpost. Cause the goalpost dunking is still illegal. You can never remember the rules, but I didn't know how one was illegal. And the other was like, eh, just go up in the stands to hang out in these COVID times. Ryan, jumping in the crowd during a pandemic's not illegal. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> I'm asking. But the game was in New York. It was in Kansas City. No, it was in Kansas City. Okay. Was, uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I was thinking there was like Chiefs fans in New York for some reason. Yeah, it was in Kansas City. And the Chiefs fans were like 10 rows up. And he like, but like he jumps in the stands and he runs up like five steps. He's like, uh, I'm probably not supposed to be here. And he's like, uh, and then throws the football to the, the dad and misses it and trying to get it to the kid. Um, I don't know. That's a good question, right? I, I'm you know surprised. What? I, bet, I bet he gets fined for it. Real quick about the Jets. This game epitomizes like why Adam Gase is not a good coach. You are playing the Kansas City Chiefs. You are the worst team in the NFL. You should not have even brought your field goal kicker 
to the game. The Jets' offense actually moved up and down the field in the first half. What they do? They settled for four field goal attempts. Like, you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to run up and down. They're going to run you off the field. They're going to get in a shootout. You cannot kick four field goals. One of them that got blocked, so you didn't even get four field goals. You only got three. Uh, so you have nothing to lose. You're 0-8. Just go for it on those fourth downs. The Chiefs could have been like, every time they line up for field goal, the Chiefs could have said, you know what, we'll give you the points. Let me try it. And they still lose <laughs> by 25 points. What's crazy, and, and, and you know what, I'm going to take the, uh, I'm going to take a fat L on the Le'Veon Bell over rush props. Uh, those didn't hit. I think it's because Quinton Williams is good and the interior of the Jets defensive line is a problem for teams running the ball. Kansas City could not get going in the rush game. And, but like this is again, you go back to smart coaches. We talk about how Sean McVay screwed up and I, I know he's a good coach and Kyle Shanahan screwed up and Kevin Stefanski screwed up. Andy Reid adjusted. He's like, you know what? We're not running the football very well on these guys. I know what I'll do. I'll just have Patrick Mahomes wing the ball around. He threw 42 times in a 35 to nine game for 416 yards and five touchdown passes. Like they just threw it every single time they got the ball, which credit to Andy Reid that you don't take your foot off the gas. You just keep, you know, keep attacking. And I mean, this, the, like Frank Gore is the leading rusher in this game. 10 carries for 30 yards. Yeah. Two weeks ago, 37 year old Frank Gore. They ran the ball 46 times two two weeks ago and won that way. Well, but you lose 35 to nine and, and you have the leading rusher and it's Frank Gore. It's crazy. Well, listen to this. I just counted it up. Uh, if the Chiefs said, listen, every time you get a possession and just line up with the field goal team, we'll give you three points. Every possession, the Jets still would have lost. They had 11 possessions. They would have scored 33 points. So <laughs> yeah, leave your field goal. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah. The so Jets nice. had three drives of 40 plus yards to start all field goals and a block field goal and punt, 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 fumble, punt, punt, end of game. It, it, I mean, there's what, I don't know why the Adam Gase is still here. Like, what's the point? You don't want to mess around and win a football game when you bring Greg Williams in. That's why. I mean, the Jaguars are threatening to go to my boy uh, Glennon or Luton because they're trying to chase Lawrence. The Giants are certainly a threat. I mean, this is a – yeah, the Jets are in the pole position to get that top pick. All right, that's uh, that's all the games. Let's get to our winners and losers. Ryan, do you have a winner? The Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Because uh, next week they're playing the trap game against the Cowboys and Andy Dalton, which actually has me a little nervous. But yep, right now seven zero. Wait, so they get the, they get Andy Dalton, then the, then the Bengals. Yeah, I know it's hilarious. So they the Steelers can end your friendship with Breach. Nah, that won't. Do or it. they could lose them both because that would be classic Steelers. Yeah, I mean historically, yes. And Breach Breach is never more passive aggressive than when the Steelers are losing. <laughs> so that's nothing. <laughs> it hasn't yeah. happened yet this year. <laughs> so so far they're they're winning. Won a big game today. Played terribly and still won. Uh, as as Breach notes, they typically lose those games. Um, and uh, yeah, so there for me, my winners. Well, for my winner, I'm going to stick in the division. My winner is the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. Both of them. They both won today. Uh, it was a thrilling win. And you know they what? They beat a very, very good team or just a team? They beat a great team is what they did. The best team is who they beat. And this is exactly what the Bengals needed. This is one of those you want to see. You don't want them to turn into the Chargers where they're building these fourth quarter leads and losing them all. So for them to finally get this, kind of Zach Taylor getting the monkey off his back and winning a big game. And you know what? I think this team can get one a few games and finish above 500 now. That's how much confidence this game gave me. Hmm. Uh, my winner, now I'm not going to do, you know, the thing you think I'm going to do. 
What are you going to do? And pick Philip Rivers. I'm not going to do that. He was a big winner. Instead, I'm going to pick Dak Prescott as a big winner. Ben DiNucci and Andy Dalton before him have proven that Jerry Jones has no other choice but to pay Dak Prescott. Yes. What if the Cowboys go two and fourteen and have the number two pick and can get Justin Fields? Uh, I still would just rather have Dak. Well, you could trade down and get a ton of offensive linemen. So go ahead. Anyway, the larger point is Dak Prescott. Like, could get like somebody might vote for Dak for MVP this year. Like, there's no clear cut MVP. Like, I could see somebody voting for Dak. Like, well, he was very valuable until the Cowboys lost. Uh, so I will say Dak Prescott is my winner. Wilson, what about a loser? The Cleveland Barnes, the Browns. They had a chance to be tied for second in the division. Uh, we just talked about how they their game plan made zero sense. No Odell Beckham, but I think they still should have won that game. And, uh, you know, they, they lost to Derek Carr and the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, my loser is, I didn't want to say this because this guy doesn't lose anything. Bill Belichick. Mm. Uh, you know what? You made a gamble. You didn't want your 43 year old quarterback and you thought you could win without him. Well, guess what? He's down in Florida, not paying any state income tax and you're stuck in Boston with a team that is behind the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. And your division, it's a total disaster. Your team's making mental errors everywhere because you don't have Tommy Brady. Uh, my a lot of possible choices here, but I will go with um, the uh, – oh, I'll go with uh, Jared Goff. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, you just get obliterated by a Miami team. And Sean McVay, too. Like, you just you got to run the ball. You could have run the ball a ton and beaten that Dolphins team – and it's great that they got a win for Tua. I don't think that that I don't think they're as good as you guys think they are. Um, they weren't exactly productive against that Rams defense. And I think they'll be a popular team this week. And I would not be surprised at all if they came back to earth a little bit. Okay, that's the show. I'm like, if you if you're watching on YouTube, you can see me like trying not to fall asleep as we were sitting here. Daylight it's- savings time. It is two forty four a.m. on Brinson and Wilson. 144 yeah. for me. I mean, like, Wilson, Wilson's got to drive four hours home tomorrow. One yeah. hour. One, One hour. hour home tomorrow. Depending on how fast you drive. Uh, all right, we'll see you.